Yes, sir. Let's give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen. And give the person next to you a big hug before you're seated. Amen. And then the person on the other side of you, I want you to give them the word of the Lord and tell them one day you will look good like me. <laughs> Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the season we're in. We thank you, Lord, that we have crossed Jordan and, and we're now in the new land. We thank you, Father, that we are possessing the gates of our enemies. And we thank you, Lord, that this is a season, Lord, that you're calling us to become barrier breakers, Lord. Barriers are being broken in this season by this house and by each and every one of us. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, that you will freshly anoint us today, Lord. Open our ears that we may hear what you are saying, Father. We ask you, Father, we thank you, Father, Lord, that you would open our hearts to be recipient of the word, Father. And we thank you, Father, for what you are going to do with us together as a local church, Lord, as a people, Father, assigned to this jurisdiction. Father, we thank you today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise again. Amen. I praise God for Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn. Jane and I, we've been married, I believe, 33 years. And, um, and I know, and the re I'm saying this because uh, it's been a glorious 33 years with Jane Crawford. And uh, it's been glorious. It's been a, an adventure, amen. It's been a life-changing experience. And um, she's the better half of me, amen. But I, I mentioned Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn because they have made contributions in our lives. And I'm, I, I understand this, that you cannot do this alone. You have to have somebody speaking into your life. You have to have someone who represents the voice of truth to you. Amen. Because we cannot see everything and we cannot see behind ourselves. Amen. Unless you are an alien. But, um, but you need someone. You need someone who can give you that word in season that changes your life. You need someone who can stir you in the right direction when your heart is in the right direction, but your mind is going somewhere else. You need someone who has enough government in your life that you can, you can receive what they say and you walk in that direction and things change for you. Amen? And Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn are that for Jane and I. Amen. Let's give a hand to Bishop Johnson and Lady Carolyn. Amen. 
And I, I, thank, I thank the Lord because God is raising up a people in this church to do great exploits. Today we're going to talk about spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. The Bible says in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the sixth verse, Luke, the sixth chapter, the 21st verse, he says, blessed are the hungry, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but they shall be filled. I'm going to say it one more time. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Before I um, just keep staying in my mind, Sister Wanda, I just, I really do believe that God is going to uh, do something great with transportation. He's, he's going to change even where you live, um, and he's going to change your career arrangements. The Lord, the Lord says you've been piecemealing and pulling these things together long enough. He's bringing the people in your life that will bring strategy to you and help you formulate a strategy to get in the promised land that he intended for you to live in. And the Lord says that he's going to raise you up to be a mighty voice in your community. The Lord says you will be raised up to represent those who don't have a voice where he plants you in terms of a new community. The Lord says it's his, it's his heart, it's his heart's desire to plant you in a new setting and it's his desire to bless the works of your hands. The Lord said he has heard your cry, he's heard your prayer and he's about to do great things for you. Amen? Is that Ross walking in? Yes, Ross, I just want to say this to you. I looked around earlier, and, and it's interesting you're walking in right now, and the Lord says just get ready because greater responsibility is coming on your shoulders in the kingdom of God. No, stand up. The Lord says greater responsibility is coming to your life. The Lord says that he is changing the course, his, the course and the path of your feet regarding the kingdom of God. The Lord says he's going to raise you up to be a leader among your peers, among young people. The Lord says that as you seek him, there's another manifestation of his power that's going to come into your life. The Lord says the enemy tried to take you out several times, and the reason for that was because of the anointing. And the Lord says he's creating a path where you, he, he's creating a path where there's going to be a closer alliance between you and, 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 the, and, the, and the voice he's placed over the house because there is a contribution you're going to make to the youth in days to come. The Lord says his hand is set upon you and he's going to cause his word to thunder through your life and you're going to lead many for the sake of the kingdom of God. And it, and it shall be written in the book what you do among young people. The Lord says there are things pulling on you. There are things pulling on you from a wrong path. 
and there are things inside of your heart that has pained you and hurt you, but God says he's going to heal the hurts inside of your heart. He's going to give you a new perspective, and he's going to give you a heart for government. He's going to cause you to be like a young Joshua in the house of the Lord, a young Joshua. In fact, a Joshua company is actually being raised up in this church. A Joshua company of other young men and women the Lord is raising up, and you are among the new champions that God is raising up, and you will be known as a barrier breaker. Amen? Amen. So the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. God started dealing with me about my hunger for him um, earlier before we went on the fast. And, and the Lord asked me a question. He asked me, you or have you been growing? Are you growing? And, you know, my answer was yes, because, you know, um, I'm praying, I'm, I'm reading, I'm doing those things. But the Lord said, you've been doing the same thing for the last three to five years. You've been at the same level of growth. It, it, in fact, he made it look like it's like a person uh, lifting weights and you start off lifting 50 pounds and you lift 50 pounds for five years. Because every so often, you're supposed to increase the weight on the bar. And the Lord made me look at my spiritual walk with him in a different way. He asked me a question regarding my fire for him. I, the Lord allowed my wife and I to be a part of a campus ministry years ago. And the Lord used me as a catalyst. Man, we saw over five to 600 students come to Christ. And I'm, I'm talking about a major move of God. And I didn't have much knowledge at that time, but God placed fire inside of me. And, and, and it was his hand. And then the Lord, act, he said to me, you have more knowledge now, but you have less fire now and you're less effective now in comparison to where you were then. And that began a, 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 um, a real soul-searching time inside of my heart. Because one of the things I understand about fire, yeah, praise God. <laughs> I was wondering, he's taking the mic from me, but... Uh, but one of the things about fire, when you're on fire for God, it's contagious. And he began, you know, and, and really this thing began to bother me because the Lord asked me a question. Are the men um, given to me in terms of uh, being responsible to Bishop Johnson for, are those guys on fire? And he made me re really begin to look at this thing because if, if, if they're not on fire, then it means that I'm not on fire. Come on. And then, uh, and you know, it was just big conversation because sometimes you can become impressed with your own growth. You can become impressed, man, I'm doing this. And, be, and because everybody else is not doing what you're doing, you become impressed. But God has a way of, 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 of looking through all that. He sees the truth. 
And the Lord was laying my heart bare before his sight. And some of you can say, you know, well, I'm getting older now so that now I should be slowing down in terms of the things of God. It's time for me to rest and let the young people come forth. Show that to me in the scripture. God, what God is about to do will require all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Every generation from every nation. He's requiring all hands. In fact, what God wants to do here in this local church, it require, requires all hands on deck. And so this, this conversation, I was this continual conversation I was having with God during this time of consecration um, really, really impacted me because I began to realize that one of the things that, that has happened to me over the years was that I lost my hunger and I lost my the fire. Not, not, there was a flame flickering in. I'm not talking about not being saved, but I'm talking about in terms of having fire. When you have fire in your life, Man, you are turned on. You're enthusiastic. You're self-motivated. You, you, you practice, you know, uh, initiation or, or yeah, yes, you can initiate things. And so the Lord began to talk to me about this. And sometimes when you're young in the Lord and you give your life to Christ, the fire comes, the passion comes. You're hungry for God. But then when you have hunger for God, the enemy will try to put that fire out. And sometimes with younger believers or people who are on fire with the Lord, the enemy will use adverse circumstances to try to extinguish or put that fire out. The enemy despises a believer on fire. So, as we look at this, this definition or this term, spiritual hunger, I coined this, spiritual hunger is a gift from God. And when God gives you spiritual hunger, it is something that you need to guard with all of your heart. It is a gift because it causes you to change your environment. When you are hungry, you normally get what you're hungry for. Whatever you and I are hungry for, we get it, even if it's the wrong thing. Hunger, when you have spiritual hunger, hunger gets answers from the Lord. When you're spiritually hungry, that person who has that hunger in their heart, you will get answers from the Lord. You will not give up until the Lord gives you the answer. The Bible is a book full, filled with men and women who, are, who were spiritually on fire, who received answers from the Lord. The Bible says, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
We're talking about fire. Are you seeking God? Are you seeking God? Moses, Bishop Johnson talked yesterday about Moses and how God came to Moses. And Moses said, God, I, 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 I want to see how you look. I, I want to I see how you look. Now, I, started, I, I, I thought about this yesterday. Moses was under the old covenant. But because he had a passion for God, God was compelled to answer Moses' prayer. He was compelled. He's, Moses said, I, I, I want to see your glory. Moses said, hey, hey you, I don't want the angels to take us up. I ain't going. I don't want supernatural manifestations. I want your presence. In fact, I want to see it. And my, my, I started asking this, myself this question. What was it about Moses that compelled God to want to answer that prayer? It was his spiritual hunger. So much so God said, Moses, if I let you see myself, you will burn up and die. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my hands between myself and the rock, and I would just let you see my hinder parts. And as I go by, says, I am the Lord thy God who is long-suffering. I am the Lord thy God who is... God had to, com he had to declare compassion and goodness as he passed by Moses and Moses was looking at his hinder parts so that Moses would not be burnt up. But God was compelled to reveal himself to Moses because of his hunger for him. And I believe God wants to show up for Metro because of our hunger for him. The interesting thing about spiritual hunger is that it has to be acted upon or it fades. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can be on fire and then all of a sudden you just decide to coast. It don't take all that. And before you know it, you've lost the fire. It begins to fade. But as you act upon the spiritual hunger, it grows. To grow your hunger for God, you have to feed your hunger for God. And we're going to talk about how to grow your hunger for God. How many of you want to grow your hunger for God? Let me see by the show of your hand. How many of you want to know what you need to do? Okay. Now, let me give you a description of what it actually means to have hunger for God. How many of you would like for God, how many of you would like for God to say if I, if, I, if he has something, something great to do on the earth or a high position that he would like to bestow on somebody, how many of you would like for God to choose you? Come on, this is not a trick question. 
after Saul messed up, God said, I have chosen for myself a man whose heart is after mine. And he raised that man up to become king after King David. That man was David, I mean, after King Saul, that man was King David. And it's really interesting that God was looking. The Bible says God's eyes go to and fro throughout the earth. He's looking at the hearts of men. He's looking for somebody that he can show himself great in. God has this thing. He wants to show off, showcase his greatness. And the Lord chose David because he was a man after his own heart. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, and most all of us in here are called. But we, we are responsible for being chosen. God looks at the heart. Many are called, but God says, no, no. This man right here, I want him because he is after my heart. He has hunger for me. I can trust someone who has hunger for me. So what's the description of a man or a woman who has spiritual hunger for God? If you look at the life of King David, you will see it. First of all, King David was hungry for the person of God. The Bible says, Psalms 31, oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. David had a heart for God. He hungered for God. I'm going to tell you something. When you have a hunger for God, nobody has to tell you to come to church. When you have a hunger for God, you want to read the word of God. You want to pray. You want to spend time with God. It, it's, like you're being, it's like you're being compelled from within. And David was that type of person. David was hungry for the presence of God. King David said, one thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to meditate in his temple. King David said, my soul thirsts for the living God, Psalms 42.2. He said, King David said in Psalms 61.4, let me dwell in your tent forever. Then he turned around in Psalms 69.9, and he says, for zeal, zeal for your house has consumed me. Zeal for your house can, has consumed Now, you need to understand, King David was bad. This man, do you know that the book of Psalms is the most quoted book in the New Testament? And Jesus himself, he said, my zeal for your house has consumed me. David had inside of him a passion for the presence of God. When we're hungry for the Lord, we want his presence. We rise up in the morning desiring to be in his presence. And we go to sleep at night wanting to fellowship and be in his presence. We go throughout the day 
fellowshipping with him, talking with him because of his presence. And it's interesting, I'm, I'm going to say this, it's interesting, when you start walking this way, when you start walking this way, when you're hungry for the presence of God, God will begin to talk to you all day long. He will talk to you all day long. You will find yourself when your heart turns towards him. You, it's like your heart turns towards him and, and praying in tongues. Your heart turns towards him. And then all of a sudden you find yourself praying in the spirit because your heart turns towards him. You'll find the Lord talking to you by causing music to swell up in your heart. You'll find yourself going through trials and tribulations. And while you're in the trial, you'll hear songs come up on the inside. And it's God talking to you, telling I'm about to turn things around. It's like God talking to you, saying, this is, this is the last time you're going to have to go through this. I mean, God will talk to you when you are hungry for his presence. One of the things that I, 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 David was hungry for the plan of God. David said, the lines have fallen upon me in pleasant places. David said, the Lord has set me in a very large, he has enlarged the steps under my feet. He said, the Lord has set me in a wealthy place. David had a heart for the plan of God. David was hungry for praising God. David had a heart to praise God. When you have spiritual hunger, you want to praise him. You want to worship him. You want to lift up your hands. And I want to tell you something. One of the most masculine things in the world is to see a man praising God. Amen. It's to see a man praising God. That, to, that, that is masculine. That is masculine when a man is not ashamed to, to show his love for the Father by raising his hands, by declaring aloud, I praise the Lord. It's something about, it's something masculine about a man when he does that. I remember the time when I, I, I used to feel my, my wife would pray, and uh, man, she would, oh my God, we would pray together, and Jane would pray. And then it was my turn to pray. And man, after hearing her, man, I, I, I ain't had nothing else to say. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, tears coming out of our eyes, man. It seemed like the walls were cracking, man, and, and the glory coming down. And I'm praying, man. I'm praying, and the Lord would do this, and the Lord. And I used to feel so And then I began to understand we pray different ways. That I didn't have to just break down in tears and, and, and just cry. And, 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 and that I didn't necessarily have to see all kind of angels and the heavens opening. And, 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 and you know, I, I didn't have to do all that. And, and it was quite liberating that as a man, I could just declare the word of God, man. And pray, and, and, and there was interesting harmony when we prayed that way. Praise God. Man, man, she prayed her way. I prayed my way. Praise God. Amen. And the, and the great thing about this, fellas, I just want to say it, it is masculine to praise God. I think it's more feminine to be ashamed to praise him when you're in the house of God. Because fear of what other people think about praising him, now that is a 
attitude, but worshiping the Lord with all your heart, being able to praise him with everything inside of your being, opening your mouth, blessing him. Man, that's masculine. And I want to tell you something. Some of you fellows in this room, if you would just open up your mouth during the time of worship, when you begin to open up your mouth, don't be sitting up here, oh, praise God, oh, just sitting up here. I'm, I want to tell you something. You begin to open your mouth, you're going to see your situation shift. You're going to see your situation shift because you praise him. King David said, I bless the Lord at all times. I his praise shall be continually in my mouth. The man worships, I mean, he was like the gladiator. You know, can you picture gladiator praising God? Come on. And the Bible says King David, man, he, would, he jumped over, he, he had the strength to jump over a wall. He could bend a bow, but at the same time, he could praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord, and so the Bible says, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times, Psalms 34, 1. I will sing praise to your name forever, Psalms 61, 8. I will give thanks to thee with my whole heart, Psalms 86, 12. I will sing to the Lord as long as I shall live, Psalms 104, 33. Seven times a day, I will praise you, hallelujah, Psalms 119, 164. And I'm going to tell you something, if you can't sing, you can get some music that can sing for you, praise God. Lord, have mercy. You may not have a voice like Pastor Chris, but I'm going to tell you something. You can put some praise and worship music on that flows with your heart, praise God, and make music before the Lord. David was hungry for the precepts of God. That's when you're spiritually hungry, you have a desire for the word of God. He says, he said, I delight. In the, in the law of God. Now, this is really interesting. The Bible says that he delighted in the, in the word of God so much. In Psalms 1, the, his delight caused him to meditate on the word of God day and night. And because he meditated on the word of God daily, day and night, and the word was continually in his mouth, the Bible says he was like a tree planted by rivers of waters. His leaves would never wither. Whatsoever he did, he prospered. He never ex experienced a, win a winter season because there's something about meditating and by keeping that word. His hunger for God kept him in the book and kept the book in his mouth. And, and David was hungry for the people of God. You can't be hungry for God and don't care about people. The Bible says King David was a faithful shepherd over Israel. If you're hungry for God, you'll be hungry for people. And it's really interesting right here because this is important. The anointing, if you've asked Jesus to come into your life, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. His living inside of you is for personal edification. His living inside of you is for strengthening. His living, the Holy Spirit in, lives inside of us to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. The work of sanctification uh, takes place through the Holy Spirit indwelling us. But then the scripture says in Acts 1-8, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. 
so that we can go to Decatur, so that we can go to Shambly Tucker, so that we can go to Duluth, Georgia, so that we can go to College Park, so that we could go to Marietta, Georgia, so that we can go to, to uh, I can't think of this, Sandy Springs, so that we can go to the uttermost parts of this state so that we can be a witness for Jesus Christ. The power comes on us so that we can give him away to others. The power comes on us so that we can declare him to others. I was looking at this, this whole thing about spiritual hunger. Brother, there's a, a man by the name, they call him Brother Seymour. And Brother Seymour had hunger in his heart for God. So much hunger, it wasn't customary during his day for whites and blacks to worship together. And so he heard that this brother Parham was, was teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, when you're hungry for God and somebody got what you need, you'll travel around the world to get there. Come on, saints. Amen. You don't stay home, man. You don't stay home during a conference because you understand God has something for you. And so Charles Parham, what he did, he was preaching about the power of God. And Brother Seymour, who was, was a cook, he was hungry for God. He worked in a restaurant in the kitchen. And he prayed three hours a day, worked and had church prayer meetings, what we call connection group meetings, and prayed for people. His hunger for God got so great when he went to Brother Parham, man, his God him and said, I want you to pray five hours a day. And on top of that, I don't want you to quit your job. And on top of that, I want you, I want you to continue to have these nightly meetings that you have. But as he, see the interesting thing about it, you feed the hunger, your, your hunger for God with obedience to God. You feed the hunger that, you, that God places inside of you with obedience to the Lord. You feed that hunger with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So the Lord spoke to him about praying five hours. And then later he did that for two years, seven days a week. And then the Lord challenged him to pray seven hours. Keep your job and still have the meetings. And people were being here. But one day, because he allowed the hunger of God to grow inside of him in a church meeting, what happened in the book of Acts happen to him and the rest is history we are worshiping God the way we do we're re we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because of what happened in Azusa Street a hundred years ago it happened because a man had hunger for God and from his hunger Churches all over the world have sprung up because of spiritual hunger, being obedient to that. There was a man by the name of T.L. Osborne. He, he, he failed in ministry. He desired to be a missionary. He went over to the islands, and he came back, and he failed. He, man, he was so upset, he went there. And the people gave their life to Christ, and when he left, they went back, started serving their, their, own, their own gods. He, he, he and his wife, Daisy, were so broken. But God used that to create a hunger inside of him 
he came back, he and his wife, and they went on a 40-day fast, and they stayed before the Lord, and God birthed a hunger in him for signs and wonders. And he went back to the islands and did more in evangelism than most. God started manifesting himself, man, by showing images of himself in the sky, in the sky, in the sky. He was the father of mass miracles. All of that happened. It came out of spiritual hunger. He allowed that hunger to grow. D.L. Moody says, the world is yet to see what God will do with a man or a woman who will completely give their heart to the Lord. He says, the world is yet to see. May some young person hear this call today. The world is yet to see what God will do with a young man or a young woman who gives their heart truly to God. World is yet to see what happens to a man or woman when they completely, unreservedly give their heart to him. The world is yet to see. This is the stuff of spiritual giants. God uses ordinary people who are hungry for him. We were on this fast. See, some of y'all are saying, well, I'm going to have dreams and visions. Man, I had some stuff, man, that just, I had something happen to me during this fast. I was so messed up. I said, Bishop, I need to talk to you. <laughs> we never had the conversation. I, I normally don't feel compelled to, to share my dreams and my wife. I got on the phone and called her because it messed me up. And, and and in this dream, man, that that was like mass death had occurred, and I saw some of your faces. And don't ask me who you, who they are, okay? And then I saw people who I didn't know, and I saw some people their bodies had been mangled, some people their bodies had not been mangled, some people were just peacefully sleeping, and then all of a sudden. I saw these, these, these people who were dead, I saw them stand up and there was this bag, like a bag of garbage by their feet. And I kept, in the dream, I kept saying, what is this bag of garbage? What is this? What is this bag of garbage? And it was like they were getting ready to be summoned to go to heaven. They, they were all going to heaven. But there was a conversation taking place as they were ascending to heaven. It, it became so plain to everyone. It, it, it was so plain. It was so, so plain that all this other stuff in life did not matter. The only thing that mattered was what they had done for God. Even family did not matter. It was so plain. It was so plain that they were weeping. Although they were going to heaven, they were weeping because they saw that their works were undone. 
and that the reason their works were undone was because they had given their lives over to things that did not matter in the eyes of God. And these people were so broken down. They were so broken down. You could look at them. They, 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 they were thinking about the time they were watching television. They were thinking about the time they were just having a good time. They were thinking about, and they, it was so, it was so, it was so present to them what they could have, what they could have become in the kingdom of God. But they did not become that because they cho- chose to live their lives any kind of way. They chose to live their lives just doing good stuff. The purpose of God was not there. The pur- I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, a lot of stuff that we give concern, it, it did not matter. It did not matter. And, 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 and then the stuff that was by their feet, it was their body. That corruptible flesh. They were leaving the body behind and they were going before the Lord. But the reward they would have had before the Father, they did not have because they did not esteem the purpose of God. I'm sitting up here still thinking about it. I mean, they were, and, and, while, while, they were while they were standing up there, I'm going to tell you something. They did not feel no pain. But they were awake. And then they went to heaven. Their bodies were left here. Because that's what happens. The body turns to dust. As you go before the presence of God. I don't know if y'all feeling what I'm feeling, man. <laughs> man, I'm sitting up there. All the stuff. But I mean, it did not matter. I'm telling you right now. It did not matter. When we stand before the Lord, the only thing that matters is what he told you to do. And did you do it? I was so undone. But anyway, I got to move past this. It's just, it's in, it's, it's, it's in me. But now, and then the scripture said in Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord will go forth like a mighty man. He shall go, he shall stir up his zeal like a man. But then in Isaiah 64, 7, he says, God said this, there was no one who calls on the name of God. There was no one who aroused himself to take hold of God. And what God is calling Metro to right now is that we would arouse ourselves in our heart to take hold of God. Not the minimal, I'm just going to get my 15 minutes in. I'm going to come on Sunday and get my church in, praise God. And then the rest of the week, I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. I'm going to have a good time. How many of you this morning want to know what you have to do to increase your spiritual desire? If you you don't want to know. Number one, you have to realize the greatest prayer you can pray. John G. Lake, you read his 
autobiography, it will completely. This man walked in so much anointing. He walked in so, such an anointing, made such an evidential um, mark on Africa. But he said, he said, the greatest prayer we could ever pray is God make me hungry for you. God make me hungry for you. Every day, God, they pray, God make me hungry for you. The more you seek God, the more you crave for more of God. The more you seek him, the more you crave of him. The first thing you have to do to grow your hunger for God, you have to admit that your desire for God is languishing or that your heart is dead towards the things of God. Just admit it. Don't try to act like you, you got a heart. Yeah, I got passion for God, but you don't. He's the God of resurrection. And he could resurrect the deadness of your heart to serve him. But you have to be painfully, I mean, truthfully honest with him. Lord, my, my heart, I really don't care about praying. I don't care about reading. I really don't want to go to church, but I want to do your will. God, make me hungry for you. That's the prayer to pray. The next thing you have to do is count God's cost and count your cost. It cost heaven, it cost God the death of his son on the cross, a, a humiliating death. But God, the Bible says, and the Godhood dwelled bodily in him, and God allowed his body, his body, the body of his son, to become the universal garbage can for all the sin of humanity. And at that point, the father had to turn his face from his son momentarily because he had to judge the sin of mankind. So much so that Jesus said, Father, why has thou forsaken me? And, and it cost God the father that much, but God was willing to pay that price for our redemption. And the only thing that he asked for us is that we commit our lives to Jesus. But not only that, but that we enroll in his army to do his will. Next, you have to ask yourself, Lord, am I guilty of spiritual idolatry? I'm going to say this. Each and every one of us have a spiritual kryptonite. You know, every time Supergirl or Superman, I'm into DC comics and uh, Marvel comics, every time Superman would get near the kryptonite, he'd get wheat. Each of us in the room right now, you have a particular sin that when you get near it too much, you get weak. Cigarettes may not bother you. They can put a cigarette cloud around you. But that woman that shakes. Or that man who quakes. <laughs> or it, could be, it could be marijuana. It can be alcohol. You know what spiritual, you got you to you identify spiritual idolatry is what things have you placed above God in your life? What do you crave for more than God? 
What are you more passionate for than God? What has greater priority in your heart than God? And I'm here to say this, ma'am, I love my children. And those of you who know Jane and I, you know we love our children. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this truthfully and honest. It is possible to worship your children. It is possible to use your children as, as the reason you won't do the work of the kingdom. It, it, it is possible to live in fear regarding your children and that they stay in your eyes every waking moment as though you can do a better job watching them than God. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch your children because I knew where my children were. But the point I'm trying to make, some of us have made our families more important than God's assignment. You can, you know, it's interesting what God does to things that we worship. What is the true source of your comfort? What, how do you comfort yourself? What's draining your spiritual desire? Do you know you can eat, eating a bunch of food can uh, drain your spiritual desire? Just eating all the time. Do you know watching TV all the time, listening to the radio all the time, good things can drain your spiritual desire? The next thing you have to do is ask yourself in the sight of God. You ask him for hunger. And I want to say this. Growing in your hunger for God begins with daily confession of your sin and repentance. It begins with daily asking God for more of the Holy Spirit upon your life. It means that if you've been walking with God for a while, you got to move from 15 minutes of reading the Bible a day to studying his word, meditating on his word. It means King David hungered to praise God. And I really felt, uh, felt strong about this. I'm emphasizing this because it is one of the keys right now for you and I possessing the promises of God. We must begin to worship God in the private place. We must begin to worship God in private. Worshiping God in the private place is just as important as your prayer. Because when you worship him, my brother, my brother right there, I think um, Kendrick, when you worship him, when you worship him in your house, as a head of household, your whole house comes under the government of God. When you worship him with your mouth, I don't care if my kids wake up, they have awakened dad, you know, and, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't care. I don't care. Because I believe that what I'm doing is more important for them than their comfort at that moment. I've on purpose opened the door of my office because I wanted them to know that their daddy prays at night. I wanted them to hear me pray. It's inside of their being. They can't escape it. 
It's time for men to stand up and be bold about the God you worship. And praising the Lord in this season is going to do more for us breaking barriers than anything else. Praising him, worshiping him. Sometimes you have prayed enough. You got to get before him. And the the manifestation of your faith is that you're worshiping him as though it's already done. You're praising him as though it's already done. You're thanking him as though it's already done. And now heaven begins to move on your behalf. The next thing is that we must pray in the spirit. A man, God sent a man from Johannesburg, Africa, to tell Metro to pray in the spirit two hours a day. This season of fasting and prayer, I want to say this, Metro, the world is about to move into a whole nother level. Conflict around the world is not going to decrease. It's going to increase. We're going to see much, we're going to see much transitions in the heads of states around the world. We're going to see more of kingdom clashing taking place like we've never seen around the world. And the day is coming where the church, the people of God, are going to be summoned to pray for the nation. We're going to be summoned to pray and fast for the nation, for the borders, the very borders that are being contended for. The day is coming where the church will be raised up to pray because the enemy will cross over the border. Even as a Trojan horse comes into a country, the enemy has been coming over into this nation as though as through a Trojan horse. But the Lord would say, even as the church would rise and pray and pray much regarding the borders, pray much regarding the borders and those who worship other gods, those who do not call upon my name, those who have literally set their their hearts in motion to destroy my kingdom in this nation. The Lord says, I will send forth my angels. I will uncover their paths. I will disclose it in the open. I'm going to cause fear to be moved past the people of God in this hour. No longer shall you walk in fear, but you shall rise with my call in your heart. You shall rise with authority in your heart and the clouds of fear are going to break off the church and we're going to rise saith the Lord in this hour and my government shall be built up in this place shall be built up in this city shall be built up in this community and you will see it saith the Lord you will see it with your own eyes because you're faithful to pray and fast I'm closing now. There are other things we said yesterday you can do regarding increasing your spiritual hunger. This is not a season to retreat. This is not a season to relax as though things doesn't have anything to do with you. But you will know between now and the end of the year you will hear the voice of threats in places you've never heard it before. And there shall be other volcanoes that rise. And the very earthquakes you have heard in other places, such as taking place in Japan, shall even take place inside of this nation, saith the Lord. For you're going to, you're going to hear my presence in this nation as I tremble the earth even the very plates of the earth shall shift in such a way that the seasons shall change such as it is, saith the Lord. But I'm going to cause, I'm going to cause my church to rise in this hour, saith the Lord. And even now, saith the Lord, regarding even now, 
I heard this as I was driving here this morning. The Lord says he's about to bring judgment regarding those who have caused the children to be pass through the fire and who have offered children on the altars of Moloch. The Lord says he's watching those even in this nation who desire for the children to pass through the fire to be offered up to God. God says he's doing something new inside of the earth that the, that the lives of the youth and young will be preserved for many generations. The way I'm going to close this, on June the 17th, the Lord placed in my heart and said that this community was the key to our church taking the city. That same afternoon, I came home from church. I wanted to eat, laid on the sofa, went to sleep, and I was awakened, and I saw all of this community dug up. I saw it was like someone had taken the shovel and turned all the ground over. And I was so messed up by looking at this, and I was trying to understand what was going on. And then later I saw this shovel lifted up over the land. And I saw the hand of God. But then I saw the hand of Metro working with God, turning over the soil of this community. For the Lord says, I have much, I have many people in this region I have many who worship me, says the Lord, who are looking for a place of worship. I'm preparing you so that you can receive them, says the Lord. For they are people from different nations, people with different colors. I'm causing the hearts of this people to become a welcoming people, a welcoming heart that welcomes all nations. A heart that would defend those that many are saying are our enemies, says the Lord. For they are part of my church. They are part of my house, says the Lord. And this house shall be a house for all nations. For all nations shall stream forth from it. And all nations shall be launched from it. For this is a governmental house, says the Lord. And my name, says the Lord, Jehovah Shabbat shall be declared from it. For I am the Lord of the host, and I have released the host of heaven on your behalf. As you make declaration, and as you worship me in this season, I will dispatch them, saith the Lord, and I will cause my host to do battle for you in this season. You will see, as my servant said today, this is the day that I turn everything around. This is the day, saith the Lord, that I work miracles on your behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise.